let me open the laptop first. What's up DBA is Arun this side from DBA Genesis and I am here again with yet another daily DBA episode. I think I fall in love with one email that I got yesterday from one of the candidates who said thanks to me because of our daily DBA show he actually cracked one of the interviews and he got a job. I think we all should congratulate to the candidate. All right. That being said, I still encourage all of you to put your comments, your questions, doubts, any confusion related to Oracle database below in the comments of the videos. I read each and every comment, but I apologize for all of you in case if I'm not able to answer your questions. I get ton of queries these days. I'm getting emails, messages, comments. Still, I try my best to answer as many as possible. Most of you, I will direct you to some article that I already have or a video that I have already published. But still, I'm trying my best to cope up with all of your queries. That being said, guys, let us start our today's show with the first question of the day. How to avoid row lock contention? Guys, the exact term is TX hyphen row lock contention. I think that is transactional row lock contention. And this actually happens, it's a TX lock. So let us first understand the first part that is TX lock. I'll try to ask my editing team to put something below in the comments so you are with me what I'm speaking. So the TX lock happens whenever there is a transaction that is trying to update a table or update records inside a table. So what happens is that query acquires the lock, but then the lock is released only when there is a rollback or a commit that happens inside the database. Now TX roll lock contention is a wait event that happens when there are a lot of transactions inside the database. They are waiting because of the database locks. So you are having a lot of locks inside the database and there is a wait or other transactions are made to wait until those locks are cleared. This waiting period of the transactions is known as TX row lock contention. And it's the job of a DBA to reduce the row lock contention wait event. And how do we reduce it? Very simple. You have to start using select for update statement. Now, rather than me telling what exactly is select for update statement, let us keep it as a DBA challenge for this video. And I want all of you to put down what exactly is select for update statement and when do you use it. And also I want for all the experienced DBAs, if you know what is the difference between, okay, or if you already know what is select for update, then put down your notes on what is the difference between select for update and a normal update statement. That being said, let's move on to the next question. What is Oracle read consistency? Very simple. I think you should read about database asset properties. Asset stands for atomicity and I think for all the other ACID, I guess you need to read Oracle or the database concepts for that. So the atomicity defines that the data inside the database will be presented to the user in a consistent way. What does it mean? Let's take there is a user who is trying to update some data inside the table, right? A record is being updated, but the user did not commit the data. But for the outside world, the outside world should see the old value because old value is the committed value inside the database. This is known as read consistency. 
Now you might have a question like, okay, from where Oracle transactions will get the old value if the user has already updated the value inside the table. Of course, the user did not commit over here, right? So the users will get the old value from the undo blocks because undo blocks will have the old value of the transaction, right? So when the outside world or if there is a user who is committing outside the database and they are trying to get the data from the same exact record which another user has already updated but did not commit. So this new user will get the data from the undo blocks. All right, so that is read consistency. Now talking about why it is required, understand the user who tried to update the record, that user later on decides to not to save the data. Or maybe the user tries to update or change the data once again, right? You never know. So until unless a user commits or saves the transaction, we cannot guarantee to the outside world that those temporary changes might or might not become permanent inside the database. Now based on that, Oracle will try to give consistent data or read consistent data to the outside world. And this is very important. It's very simple. There is no need to overthink about it. See, if a user is trying to update the record, but he never plans to save it. So what is the point of other users seeing that uncommitted transaction there's no point right so it's important that all the users inside the database get a consistent copy of the data which is at least committed or saved inside the database at ground level and that is what asset properties states so i highly recommend you to read about oracle database asset properties it is very important i hope this will help you let's move on to the next question could you please explain about FRA and the errors we usually see while initiating backup through FRA? So guys, so many of you might not be fan of the FRA location. Previously, I think it was called as flash recovery area. Now it is called as fast recovery area. And most of you like our senior DBAs who are working on Oracle database from 8i, 9i versions. In those versions, Oracle never had something called as FRA location. So because those databases never had FRA location, not many people or not many senior DBAs are fan of using the FRA location. So the biggest problem is there are a lot of benefits with the FRA location and the biggest drawback of FRA location is not many people know much about the FRA location. Most of the DBAs that I see, they tend to create a database without FRA location, which is I think a biggest disadvantage when it comes to operating an Oracle database. Let us talk about what are the benefits of FRA location. See, it's one stop location of the Oracle database where you can store all your database backup files which are required for the database recovery. Now let us talk about the files that are required for the database recovery. For example, you need the control file backups, you need the uh, data file backups, you need the archive logs, you need the redo logs. So you can keep all these files backup into the FRA location. You can also keep the control file copy into the FRA location. So it acts like one location that manages all the files which are required for your database recovery. Understand, you set only one parameter and Anytime you trigger a database backup, it automatically resides in that FRA location. 
Now that being said, that's the biggest advantage, like one location for all your recovery files. Now what is the biggest disadvantage? I think the only one biggest disadvantage about FRA is not many DB are educated about FRA and they just don't want to use it. They think like using FRA has lot of errors and something inside the database. No, it is one of the very simple concepts inside the Oracle database. You have to set only two parameters that define one location for all your recovery files. As I mentioned, it's very simple to set the FRA location. You have DB recovery file test parameter. You set this parameter to one location and done. There is one more parameter which is very important and it is DB recovery file desk size. Now this parameter defines like the amount of size that Oracle is authorized to use inside the FRA location. I'll repeat it. So you have an FRA location which is set to slash U01 slash FRA. This is your fast recovery area location. Now that mount point at OS level is having 100 GB space. Okay. But this parameter db recovery file desk size this parameter let's take if you set to 40 gb oracle is authorized to use only 40 gb out of that 100 gb inside the fr allocation even though at os level you have the 100 gb space but this parameter defines how much you want to authorize oracle to use into the FRA location space. Many DBAs think that FRA location produces lot of errors in their environment. I'll tell you what straightforward FRA location will have only one error in case and that is the DB recovery file test size parameter. So whenever FRA location is 80% full or 90% full, it will start throwing errors in the alert log. So most of the DBAs, what they think is because of these frequent alerts inside the FR allocation, they tend to deconfigure or they tend to disable the FRA function inside the database. Now, when you do that, of course, you are losing a lot of benefits when it comes to FR allocation, but understand to disable those alerts that you are getting into the alert log, you just simply increase the DB recovery file disk size. So I will repeat this once again for all the experienced DBAs. If you are frequently getting FRA location errors inside the alert log or while taking Armin backups, it's very simple. Most of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time, the error will be with the DB recovery file desk parameter. You just need to increase the parameter. This parameter defines how much space Oracle is authorized to use in the FRA location. Even though your FRA location is having 100 or 200 GB and if your parameter is set to 40 GB, of course your alert log will start complaining whenever the space is about to get full, right? So just because of getting some errors into your alert log, don't go ahead and disable the FRA parameter. I think it's one of the simplest and the best things inside Oracle database. Now, before I move on to the next question, let me tell you one more benefit of the FRA location and I love about it. So when you have FRA location configured and if you are taking Armin backups by default into the FRA location, Armin will use retention policy and based on the retention policy, it will automatically mark those backups as obsolete and all the obsolete backups are automatically cleared from the FRA location just for better space management. All in all, it's very simple. You have a lot of benefits with the FRA location. 
and there are only two parameters to set the FR allocation. It's very simple. When it comes to errors, 99.9% .9 of the times the errors is because of the DB recovery file test size parameter. And if you just increase that parameter, I think the problem will be solved. And that 0.1%, you might have real space issues at the OS level. So your FRA parameter is set to 100 GB and the OS level space is only 80 GB. So that might also create a problem because Oracle is authorized to use 100 GB, but at OS level you have only 80 GB. So it might create a problem. I think that helps you. Let's move on to the next question. What is the buffer cache hit ratio and use of it? All right, guys, I'll use the whiteboard to explain this answer because it is very important for all the experienced DBS. Please pay a lot of attention for this answer. So guys, to understand the buffer cache hit ratio, I think we'll first understand what and how the SQL is executed inside the database. So for example, we have an SQL command that comes inside the database. So what happens? So first of all, this SQL will go to the optimizer, right? Now optimizer, optimizer will generate an execution plan, correct? So you have an execution plan from the optimizer. Now once the execution plan is generated, there are there is one more important term that is known as logical reads that is generated inside the execution plan. Don't worry, I'll come to it. Okay. So you have logical reads. along with you also have physical reads i mean these two define the way the data will be read inside the database so what exactly is logical read and what exactly is physical read logical read is the details about the buffers which are in the memory physical reads is the details about the same buffer which is on the disk now understand this, the optimizer generates an execution plan. Now execution plan also defines how the data will be retrieved inside the database, whether the data will be coming from a table or whether the execution plan has to use an index, right? It depends, like the data might come from directly from the table or data might come from the index. So Oracle will look into the index and from the index oracle will get the data right now this is where it becomes interesting even before oracle can go for physical reads oracle will actually go for logical reads so what exactly is a logical read as i mentioned logical read is the details about the data block buffer which is inside the memory right so first of all oracle will go for a logical read now this is what happens exactly is when Oracle is trying to access the data, right? Oracle will first check the block details inside the database buffer cache, right? DB buffer cache. Now in the database buffer cache, if Oracle is able to find the answer, let's take the exact buffer is inside the memory then the user will get the output right now assume that the database buffer cache is not having the buffer then oracle goes for a physical read and this is where a physical io on the hard disk will happen 
So this is the basic way that Oracle executes an SQL. Now that being said, this is what becomes more interesting. This is exactly database buffer cache hit ratio. So what exactly is database buffer cache? The percentage of the time that Oracle is able to get the data out of the memory when compared to all the physical reads. I'll repeat. So buffer cache hit ratio, right? So it is percentage of the time Oracle is able to get buffers from memory compared to all the buffers correct now with this term now assume if oracle while executing this sql oracle got all the buffers from the memory so your buffer cache hit ratio will be 100% right because see percentage of buffers that got from the memory compared to all the buffers so assume that for this sql all the buffers were present in the memory so your buffer cache hit ratio will be 100% right similarly let's take i'm just taking an example to make it simple let's say we have 100 blocks and out of these 100 blocks i mean these are buffers so out of these blocks or you call them buffers 90% of these buffers came from the memory okay so 90 blocks or buffers were present in the memory and 10 buffers or the blocks were got by the physical IO from the hard disk. So in this case, what would be your buffer cache hit ratio? It will be 90%. Very simple, straightforward. So what exactly is buffer cache hit ratio? It is the percentage of total buffers. So what percent of the buffers that came from memory compared to all the buffers that were required for the particular SQL execution? I think this is one of the simplest way to explain buffer cache hit ratio and let me jump back to my system. Alright guys, so we are back and I guess that was an amazing example to understand what exactly is buffer cache hit ratio. Now you might have a question like what exactly is the good percentage buffer cache hit ratio that I would recommend. Of course everybody would try to aim for 100% buffer cache hit ratio like if you are getting all the results from the memory then it will be faster. For the users to get their responses but once again not always you can touch the 100% right so what is the good range of buffer cache hit ratio it is somewhere between 95% and 100% so in your environment if you have buffer cache hit ratio percentage somewhere between 95% and 100% I think your system is healthy you don't need to tune the database memory not required no need to touch the database memory at all Apart from this, if your buffer cache hit ratio is below 95%, then you need to look into the SQLs. You might need to tune the SQLs. You might need to see whether the SQL is using literals or the bind variables. You need to see, do you need to rebuild the indexes? Or you also might need to see whether you want to build an index on a where clause or the column that is being used inside the where clause. It depends. So that once you do or make these changes inside the database or for a particular sql you might see a gain in the database buffer cache percentage all in all to keep it simple and to the point buffer cache hit ratio is 
number of buffers okay not number of buffers percentage of buffers that came from memory compared to all the buffers right so if you had 100 buffers and out of which 80 buffers came from memory and 20 came from the hard disk that means with the physical io so your buffer cache hit ratio is 80 percent simple to the point let's move on to the next question what will happen internally while gathering table statistics while we execute dbms stats dot gather table stats i'll try to keep it as simple as possible so when you run gather schema stats or gather table stats packages so what happens internally so let's take let's talk about table so for a table what kind of details the gather statistics package will gather so it's like number of rows inside the table the next would be number of blocks inside the table and also it might gather the statistics about the average row length inside the table apart from the table level statistics even column level statistics will be gathered like number of nulls inside the column what is the data distribution like inside the column like what is the percentage of the data inside a single column let's take you have only two values so what is the percentage of the first value that column has and what is the percentage of the second value that column has let's take we have 100 employees and in the gender column you have male and female employees let's take you have 80 male employees and 20 female employees so even these kind of statistics will be gathered like this gender column is having only two values and out of these two values 80% belong to male and 20% belong to female now apart from this oracle will also gather these statistics about ndv number of distinct values inside that particular column now this was table level statistics column level statistics apart from this oracle will also gather statistics related to the indexes that you create on the table now what are the details that goes inside the index level statistics like number of leaf blocks and then you also have the levels inside the indexes and then you also have a clustering factor inside the indexes that the dbms gather table stats will capture the details about now apart from all these statistics oracle will also capture these statistics related to your system like what is the io performance and utilization while also trying to gather these statistics it will also look at the cpu performance and utilization while gathering these statistics and these same io and cpu utilization statistics will also be used by the optimizer while try to build an execution plan for your sql query i guess this will help you guys i had these questions for the day and let's move on to the most exciting part for the day that is the bonus question hey guys back again with the bonus question and this question i get it almost every day and i thought i'll pick it up for all of you now this question goes something like this which version of the oracle database would you recommend me to learn whether it is 12c 11g 10g 18c 19c see i'll tell you what try to master any one version now before i give you the right answer for this question let me take you to something else out of the dba world now tell me this thing do you try to learn driving one car or you try to get a license for all the model cars that are available out there in the market 
I think you know the answer. So what you need to do is you need to master any one vehicle or you need to take a license for any one vehicle and then probably you can drive any model car, right? The same thing works with Oracle. Try to master any one version of the Oracle database. Don't try to run behind 18C, 19C latest version. You can very well start with the 11G version and then move forward with the 12C, 13C, 18C, 19C, 22C if it is released in future or you start with 19C version and then move on. So here is the deal. Let's take you start with 12C version and you master 12C version and now you want to upgrade to 18C version. It's very simple. You just read the enhancements. What are the new features in the 18C version and done. Why do you think you will have to once again go through entire training for the 18C and then Oracle releases 19C version? Then do you think you will pay again to learn 19C? Not required. So master any one version that's more than enough. As I always say, keep commenting below these videos, whatever your doubts, confusions, and please send me all your queries to support at dbagenesis.com. I'm here to help all of you and let us try to build the biggest DBA community. That's my personal vision. I want all of you to please contribute to this vision. Try to share these videos as much as possible. Try to get your fellow friends onto our platform. And meanwhile, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.